Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of the Functional Firefighter Framework podcast. Um, Nick. Tony. Um, thank you guys uh, so far for tuning in. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty surprised at the response that we've gotten so early in this process. Um, so really quick, let's do uh, we're going to do some questions that were asked of us from those of you that did watch the first one or listen to the first one. Uh, how do you ask us questions uh, for the information that is provided uh, during those episodes, you can either text us or go ahead and uh, respond on the YouTube video, uh, leave a comment. We check those, ask questions, and then at the beginning of every episode, we will um, we'll answer the questions that are being asked. Uh, so the other question that was asked of us is, what does the logo mean? Uh, the, the F4. Um, as you guys can see in the Maltese Cross, there are four items in the Maltese Cross. The top one is... Uh, functional health to the right you have mental health on the bottom you have nutritional health and on the left there you have education with the hand holding the books um so with that we're going to dive right into the topic for episode two which is recruitment yeah. tony recruitment what to make you think of and how do you feel that it can be improved in the fire service well on it and i'm sure you feel the same way about recruitment because uh, recruitment to me is people are going to show an interest in me. They're going to send me letters. They're going to show up at my games. They're going to be coming to my house to meet my parents, right? Like it's how you get recruited in college, right? Like uh, they, they invest a lot of time. A, a university is going to try to outshine other universities to get the talent that they want to play for them. So like you're essentially courting, you know, four or five different institutions that you've narrowed down. You've got to make a, pretty tough decision um and and on that when you say four or five it's now to the point where uh because we're, we're talking about athletics the ncaa minimizes the amount of trip because the recruitment is so much in the competition same in the fire service right now yeah. is everyone's reaching because we're all shorthanded the ncaa comes in and goes five trips that's it. You get to pick your five. Well, that's it was five when I when we played, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but they you you can't go. No, no, no. But you you, like we were, we were talking. I I had a box of letters and programs and all the stuff from the different universities, and you had like like the little rinky dink Division two school. Mm -hmm. Not for me. Huh. Like I'm gonna keep this Alabama and this Florida State and this LSU. But they still shot their shot. They did. They did. <laughs> and and honestly. Uh, it's a little off topic, but FAU, Florida Atlantic University, I grew up in Florida, Florida Atlantic University just started their football program. And uh, they were Division II. And my mama was like, hey, they're only like an hour and a half away. Why would you go to Missouri? And I'm like, because the, the coaching staff was awesome and their facilities were fantastic. And she's like, yeah, but you could be an hour and a half from home. And I'm like, yeah, but this is like, I'm not, I want to play football. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're just, and they, they've done, they've had good success, but. Which as a, as a kid, that's rare because you don't see the importance of those things when you're a kid. See, they to me they see two things: location, be close to family, and as odd as it might seem, uniforms and stuff. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, do you, how you see their helmets? <laughs> oh, and you're like, that that's what's important to you. Yeah. So those that type of correlation, how does that translate into the fire service? Well, you look at what we do for recruiting, like. And it's not obviously us exclusively. Like when we say us, we're talking about the fire service, like from Seattle to Miami. Uh, most departments, now they're using social media. They'll stick out a, hey, we're hiring. 
Like there's no, there's no going after talent, yeah. right? It's, the recruitment it's, is the share button. It is, and it's that's it's we're gonna put out a, uh, like a real generic you could find it on the internet bulletin, and hopefully it catches your eye, right? Where and, and the military does this to a, a larger degree, right? They because the military is a an entity that needs souls to like constantly fill the boots, right? So like, and we're the same way. We need souls entering the fire service because we've got people leaving uh, at a very high rate and we're just accepting whatever we get where uh, there might be a role for somebody with not an athletic background in the military. I'm not saying that the military is less athletic, but there could be like a logistics or a IT position. We don't have that in the fire service, yeah. right? Like we've got, you're going to get on the job and you're going to have to be able to perform work. So like for us, we need to figure out how to go after uh, an appropriate candidate with desirable backgrounds. And, and that could be, there's a lot, there's a lot of desirable uh, potential, but we have to be proactive with it other than, so it's, other it, than it's just funny a, a that button. you, that you bring up the military because, um, I, I was fortunate enough to go to the NFL Combine in the regional Combine. Let's not go crazy. Um, the regional Combine in Southern California. And um, you come in, you register, you have to walk through all this stuff, height, weight, scale, jump, do all that stuff before you go out on the field and do drills. And they give you, I mean, those of you that have watched the Combine, you see the players all have the numbers on their chest. And if you look, those shirt and shorts that you're mandated to wear have a military logo on them. And I keep my shirt because it's a great. I actually gave it to my dad. It, it's a it's a great keepsake. But before we went out, they made sure the military came in as a recruitment tool. Said, "Hey, we we want thirty minutes. We'll pay for all of the athletes' clothing, but we're going to inform them, <laughs> which is messed up. Before they go out to perform, you guys probably aren't going to make it, but we have a home for you. So it's if if the military is doing it, which they seem to have the recruitment game very active, um, and it's been like that for a while. Um, so, and and did you? on the recruitment side and, and outside of the military in college, we know the statistics. I mean, it's very rare for someone to do, to go into the professional level. Did you have a, a career day provided to you or anything so your they, senior year? They do it now. I know that, uh, cause I, I worked, <clears throat> I was a firefighter in Missouri before I am here, right. Or I was here. And, uh, I would go and talk to college athletes, uh, for, like they had several career days. They had a program at the University of Missouri called Life After Sports where you could go and do like a formal dinner and they have like an interview question kind of a thing. And they didn't have that for us. I think uh, for us, we had two groups come and talk to us or put up stuff, and it was the U.S. bobsled team uh, because they wanted large people to be able to push a sled down a hill. Did you try it? I did, I, that's one of my regrets in life is that I never <laughs> made my way out to Park City to <laughs> try out for the bobsled team. <laughs> Uh, I, and that's something I'm being serious. Like yeah. you can ask my wife, like I, uh, I kicked myself for not. It sounds like fun. It does. And then the other one was, uh, NASCAR. NASCAR would recruit college athletes to, uh, um, work their pit crews because they figured we could get a group of individuals who could physically handle the, whatever tool or implement we gave them. We could teach them a repetitive skill and they could perform in a, in a very intense and adverse environment. So like NASCAR pit crews would come and try to recruit college athletes quite a bit. But other than that, like uh, boosters would kind of let people know that they had jobs kind of a deal. But like so and the, and the interesting part to me is it, it 
for the most part, it seems like the majority of community colleges are right around a four-year university because the four-year universities, for the most part, don't provide an EMT no. certification. No. But if you were to get in early to inform these athletes, all of them across the board, their freshman year, sophomore year, hey, look, instead of instead of taking a history of music, which I enjoyed that class, by the way. I did but too. I learned a lot. It was, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was cool to do a jam <laughs> the, for an hour a day. <laughs> the Beatles stole half their music, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, why not go and say, hey, you, you know what? You guys have to be able to, after life after this, consider this now so that you aren't taking those classes and this can be your elective. So actually one of the cool things that we found out was uh, if you want to take a class and you're on scholarship and the university doesn't offer it, and you can take it at a community college, they have to pay for it. So if you had like, uh, did you have like problems courses or independent study classes where yeah. your advisor would give you a topic to... Mm -hmm. uh, little I, I little had, one credit, do uh, whatever. So I had, the, I had the record at the University of Missouri for independent study classes, and I believe that they created a rule because of me <laughs> that you couldn't. <laughs> so, but it, anyway, uh, you can have your advisor say, hey, Take this next semester, go get your EMT. That's three college credits we'll give you for uh, an elective. Yep. And you leave with a certification. So if we were to go to college campus and be like, hey, I'd like to recruit your athletes, like you said, like there's always a community college that's offering an EMT program. Yeah. And an independent study, even if it's a private institution and not a community college, as long as you were able to produce an EMT basic card, yeah. you're your university would pay for it and you would have a certification and you could elective credit for it. Yeah. So like looking at like a, from a college standpoint, like how do we get these, if we're going after athletes, how do we get them ready to enter the fire service? Everybody's got a semester where they're not in their sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it's summer, spring, fall, whatever, you have you're, enough time to you're knock not, out You're not team. in the sport, but yet you're mandated to be there you're mandatory you know no you're still there you're yeah like, they, they own you for five years yeah. right but um, like other than that like you could have them uh you could knock out an emt basic and then have a have an actual piece of paper that gets you paid as a profession because they don't have enough emts in the country either right yeah. so like you could leave with a communications degree and scour the earth for a job or you could leave with an emt basic and go get a job at a hospital an ambulance uh, yeah. medical clinic whatever you're doing so. and and on that, um, just for our listeners, and I know we've discussed this, I think when uh, people that hear, oh, fireman, athlete, you're, you immediately go to physical capability. Oh, yeah. Where for me, I think the narrative behind that needs to change because the things that are important are the intangible things. Uh, the habits, yeah. th those things where... They, they correlate so well that if someone, if I were to go to speak to any college athlete and I were to explain to them the day in the life of a recruit in the academy and say, hey, you're going to wake up at 4.50, 4.30. You got to be in the locker room by X time. You're going to go out and warm up. You're going to come back in, watch film. You're going to take a class. You got to go back out to apply what you learned inside by watching film. They would go. That's that's college football. Well, no, that's it's exactly the fire academy. Yeah, for sure. Like the routine that you build in college very much mimics the fire service, right? Like you're, especially during season. Uh, how many days off a week did you have? Like true days off? Maybe one. Maybe one, and it was a voluntold. 
to come watch film that yeah. day. And, like, and usually that day was a study hall day. Yeah. And you, you had responsibilities, yeah. right? So like getting somebody ready for a six month academy, a nine month academy, whatever your fire academy is, uh, college athletes have been doing that for five years, four or five years, right? Like that, that's not, a, it's not a new change to them. They, they, are, they are in the habit of waking up, going to class, setting aside, prioritizing important things for the day. I mean, like it's a, it, it's a really easy transition with just routine. I mean, like the physical capabilities is there too. I mean, yeah. like that's a given, yeah. like, yeah. And that, that adds to confidence, like having the physical ability to perform a task let you focus on the skill and the task and not worry about whether or not you're physically capable to do it. So going after somebody with a physical background, uh, and, and it's not just college. I mean, like a lot of military, yeah. I mean, you go after like trades people who've been doing manual labor, like yeah. you can dig ditches or you can throw fire ladders. Like what's easier Throwing the, fire ladders all day long. Right. And, and so. that, and that's why I think that that missing link of understanding the, the habits that are built, um, the communication to teammates, oh, yeah. being able to, have quote unquote weak links, being able to accept responsibility when you you don't fulfill that role, when your alarm clock doesn't go off and you show up 30 minutes late and the team's been running because you weren't there. Oh yeah. There's there's that accountability aspect. There's there's so many situations within playing collegiate athletes or sports in general. Honestly, high yeah. school athletes, it's the same it, it, same yeah. thing. It just it steps up with the level of, of commitment. commitment. Yeah. So that 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 part um. I think is a, is a key thing to hone in on when we talk about recruitment and being able to develop someone or we can go get those individuals that aren't really caring. They don't care about being yelled at. They've, they've accepted responsibility. They, they actually look forward to criticism because they know that's what makes you better, right? Like that's on Sundays when you went and watched film after your games, like what plays did you watch? Right? Yeah. You watched the ones you messed up on because that's what you needed to get fixed to make you better, right? And in so front, you, in front of everybody. Everybody. Like 75 good plays in a row. And then one play you have a very unathletic moment and you look ridiculous and you watch that five or six times. Mm -hmm. Right. And it it's humbling. But the, you know what else you see there that's neat? Is it happens to everybody, right? Nobody makes it through the season. Like, I think what once I, I made the big hit reel once. Right, big offensive line. It's usually special teams players that run down the field for eighty yards and then, mm -hmm. like, earhole somebody. Get the big hit plays, right? Like, yeah. offensive linemen don't usually get it. So, I made the I made a good play for everybody to see once. The rest of the time, I was on the big screen in front of everybody. It was watching my mistakes. But what that teaches you is that one, like, this is what I need to fix to make myself better. And two, it happens to everybody. Like, even the quarterback, even our leader, we come in with a thirty percent grade. They'd write our grades on the board too. So you come in and you see the starters. Yeah. And it would have a grade. It would have like a percentage for everything, every aspect, and then the grade. So you'd come in, you're like, oh, I can I can live with an 85. And somebody's walking like a 67. And, and the quarterback and, would be like 30. You're like, Brad, where were you Saturday? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that and, and what's when I when I hear you say that, it the first thing that comes to mind is the coach, at least all my coaches did, and I'm sure yours did, they always give you the opportunity to respond. They put the little red dot on the screen. They circle it. They'll inform you what they taught you the week before, and they go, "What were we thinking?" And they'll wait. Yeah. And you, uh, same same thing. When I mean, you're we we've taught academies, and oh, yeah. you're like, everybody is doing last name, comma, first initial. 
So the reason why you wrote your full first name and your full last name is you're you different than everybody. Yeah. And we know that's just a mind game. Oh yeah. Just to see how you react to that. For sure. So athletes have been in those shoes before where it just it fits. I mean, or you you give an order in an academy, like, hey, I need you to do this. And they respond back, okay, I'll do that. And they don't do that. And then you say, hey, why didn't you do that? And like, I'm sorry, I'll fix it right now. Or they break down, they don't say a word. And you're like, this person's never been yelled at before, right? Yeah. This person doesn't know how to take criticism because yeah. uh, athletes, and, and, and like it's, athletes aren't exclusive either. It's like, mil, I think military, mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's a real deal. Like you go into, you know, any kind of basic training, that's, uh, you're removed from your comfort zone, which is home and your family, and you're placed with a bunch of strangers in an environment where you're taught a new skill and you have a lot of demands placed on you at all times, right? And the only thing that's acceptable is perfection, right? Like, so it's a hard environment to be in. And that's kind of like a fire academy. It's kind of like two days, right? I mean, they, there's all these correlations that build resiliency, grit, mental toughness, that that build a physical work capacity that makes you capable to do this job. So I think background-wise, uh, that's what that's what we need to start going after and looking for. Yeah, for sure. Um, so with that, uh, let's bring on our first guest um, of the podcast, uh, James. This is uh, James Michael Johnson, everybody. Uh, he played with me uh, up at the University of Nevada, uh, went on and had a successful career uh, in the NFL and is now a professional firefighter. James, how are you? Good, man. How you guys doing? Good, good. Um, go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, James. So, uh, yeah, I'm from Fairfield, California. Um, like you said, I went to uh, University of Adarino. We went there together. I played middle linebacker. I was a fourth-round draft pick in 2012 to the uh, Cleveland Browns. Played there for a year. Went, went to Kansas City after that uh, for two years. Um, ended up with Miami uh, in 2016. Uh, married, living in Sacramento. Got two boys, ages eight and two. So, um, you know, my spare time, That's all I do is really – my oldest son's big into sports right now, so I always I'm coaching him. I'm I'm taking him to wherever he's you know interested in, whatever he's doing. So it's primarily that's primarily me in a nutshell. Cool. So what what led you into the fire service uh, once you were done with your NFL career? Um, good question. So when I was uh, I got done, I was about 27. Uh, when, I, when I finished 27, 20, yeah, 27. So uh, you know I had a lot of energy left. I had a lot. I had a lot of passion for still playing football, for still, uh, you know, being active, um, still doing something physically demanding. Uh, so, you know, I had an older cousin that works in the same department I work at, who also played in the league uh, for a couple of years. So, uh, he had he had a lot of good things to say about his department and uh, how they work and how my skill set can uh, directly come in and uh, you know help them out. Everything I, everything I've done in my past kind of lined up with what they do. So I started looking into that, started looking into, you know, uh, just the kind of life I would have, you know, uh, having this job, how, how career, how would it like, you know, help me out with my family life and still be able to coach, still be able to, you know, spend time with my kids. And, you know, and it, it basically just, it, uh, it, it checked all the boxes that I wanted to have, the type of life I wanted to have and things I wanted to do. So, you know, I started gravitating towards it, started doing a couple of ride-alongs, took an EMT class. I first started out working as a, uh, I was an EMT for like, on a field, on a BLS ambulance company, I did that for like three or four months. Uh, and a buddy of mine worked in a hospital and I got a job as an ER tech for like a couple years. Um, then I started applying, 
uh, ended up in the department I work for right now. And then, um, yeah, it just, it just kind of worked out, you know, it was, it was patience. It didn't, it didn't happen overnight. Uh, I had to be persistent with it, but you know, I had goals written down on stuff I wanted to do. Um, so once I figured out the process of getting hired, you know, uh, it was able, they was able to come back to back to back. It just took me a little while to kind of figure that out, especially with California, you know, it's, it's a little different. So you gotta have that check all your boxes, make sure you all your documents are in order when, you know, interviewing and everything. So for sure. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> James, do you feel that, uh, like routine that you developed with your past experience with collegiate professional athletes? Uh, has led you to success not only in a fire academy but with your fire service career um yeah no doubt man i always you know i always lean on my past past experience of uh from playing football you know um it's something i'm comfortable in i'm comfortable with you know having a demanding day you know what i mean from through roll call to to different things happening to being thrown off course by some event that you didn't think was going to happen and you still got to go back to the station and finish your housework and do Whatever else you got to do, you know what I mean. Cook. It just, it's just something that like I'm 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 used to. It didn't it didn't feel uh, abnormal when I first started it. You know, being in being in with the, in close quarters with uh, a group of people that I don't really know, but we both have we all have like a common goal in terms of football is winning games, and in the uh, fire department is you know is working as a team, working together. You know, mitigating the hazard, whatever we're doing. So, uh, just being able to. To, to draw on that. It was something that was supernatural to me. Like I didn't have to think about, you know, uh, how to go about this. If it's somebody that, you know, that I feel like we need to communicate better, you know, I'm, I'm able to think about, you know, how can I better communicate with this person? I still got to work with this person at right. the end of the day. Like, you know, so how, how best to do that? I've had coaches that, you know, we didn't see eye to eye, but you know, I was able to think about, you know, uh, more or less like what, but what the coach is saying, not really how he's saying it. You know, that, I learned that from an early age because I had coaches that were, you know, yell at you, talk to you all crazy. Nick knows. We had coaches the dog cusses. So, uh, you know, I learned that just don't 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 think about how he's saying it. Think about what he's saying and, and then take that how you want it, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, that, and that actually segues perfectly uh, right into the next question because it was uh, being, being such at a high level and a high performer, um, do you feel that having that – history of being a high performer affected the way that your peers or your instructors uh, taught you compared to your to your peers? And is it difficult being around the different levels of commitment, whether it was in the academy or on the floor? I mean, you were in a locker room for eight years of individuals that are going out and trying to earn a spot and you know, trying to keep their job. And now it, there's different levels of commitment within the fire service. Um, is that something that you you find difficult? And how do you how do you navigate around that? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting because you guys you have some some guys and some women here that maybe never played any kind of team sports, so they so they get here and this is kind of like the first maybe team or the second team that they've ever really been on. So they might not understand you know personal accountability, working together, not making excuses. Doing things like that, but I mean, I can't control any of that. All I can control is, you know, me trying to lead by example, doing the things that I, doing the things well that I know I can do. Like when we were in the tower, I was like, I might not be able to tie this knot right now, but I know I can run up and down this tower faster than most people. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna focus on doing that. The things I know how to do good, I'm gonna do those good, and whatever else I can't do, I'll figure that out. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's kind of how I approach 
you know, my, my towers experience, but, um, yeah, other, everybody else, man, I just try to be patient with them and just try to lead by examples. I can't, I can't, um, I can't make them do whatever, you know, yeah, I, I try to sure. lead by example, show them, Hey, look, we're all a team here. You know what I mean? We're trying to do things the right way. So, and, and I got to ask, just, I did. just for my mm-hmm. own good, you did say ropes and knots. I was going to ask you what, what was your, uh, what was your hang up in the academy? What was your thing that you had to focus on? So ref definitely ropes and knots. Cause that's like, I didn't grow up fishing. I didn't grow up doing any kind of outdoor. I was playing sports since I was like five. So that's literally all I did. I'm outside playing sports. I didn't do none of this hunting, no kind of mechanical aptitude. My daddy didn't grow up in no shop. I didn't do none of that stuff. Like some of these guys that I work with, like, they, they were just immersed in that from the beginning. Like they worked at a shop, they know how to fix cars. And like, I didn't, I don't have those skills. That's just not what I, what I grew up doing. I spent my time doing other stuff. So I had to, I had to learn a lot of that mechanical aptitude stuff. A lot of that, just a lot of that stuff, you know what I mean? But you know, I had people, I had people that wanted to teach me, wanted to help me out and they, they needed help with stuff I was good at, yeah, you know sure. what I mean? So, um, it's just, yeah, it just, it just took, it took a while. But I mean, once I figured it out, you know, um, just by repetition, just like sports, shoot, you don't, everybody doesn't know how to make a tackle, but once, once you practice enough, you know what I mean? You eventually get the hang of it, it and you know what I mean? Eventually it's going to work out for you. You just got to just not quit. Like I'm not going to, cause I can't tie this knot right now. I mean, I'm going to stop doing it. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the rope home. I'm going to stay up at night. I'm going to do a bunch, I'm going to do it a bunch of times so I can do it with my eyes closed. You know what I'm saying? So you know, sports kind of had that same background. If I didn't know how to do something in football, I'm not going to just quit and not figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to watch more film. I'm going to ask somebody. I'm going to ask somebody to show me. You know what I mean? Well, that, that really kind of leads into our last question about adversity and, like, how uh, your athletic career, um, like, what has it done to your perception, uh, your ability to respond and cope with adversity when you face it. You know what I mean? Because every day in football, especially, I have no idea what the NFL is like, like Nick was saying, like every day you're there, you are you are competing for your livelihood, right? Like oh, yeah. in college, yeah. you're competing for a position, but you are you sign a scholarship, you're there. You know what I mean? Like sure. short of you like committing a crime, right? They can't get rid of you. So there's, yeah. there's a little bit of buffer. I mean, like everybody wants, nobody wants to not play, right? Like everybody mm-hmm. wants to play, everybody wants to start. But you're, you've got a little bit of a safety net. The NFL, you you have no safety net. Like, nah. They just left. We just talking about this. They let Cliff Kingsbury go. He bought yes. a, he bought a one way ticket to Thailand and said, "No grazie. You pay me for five years." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like it's crazy, right? So, uh, <clears throat> and you kind of hit it with a little bit of the adversity with like challenges that you face, like how you dealt with them. What does sports do for you in in that regards? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the number one thing I feel like uh, helped me was to learn how to take care of my body. You know what I mean? Like, and that once, it, once you get to the NFL, in college, you know, Nick knows, like, you know, too, like our coaches worked this out so hard that it was almost to the point where it was n- not healthy. Oh, yeah. It worked out to, you know what I mean? And, and when I got to the league, it was just like, I'm an investment now. Let's fine tune this investment. We don't want to break our investments. We gave you guys all this money. Let's show, let's, let's see figure out how we can make this work long term you know what i mean we need you guys to be healthy for 16 well now 17 games so we're not going to have you squatting 500 pounds on a tuesday before yep. a, a wednesday practice stuff like we did in college you know what i mean oh, yeah. so uh transitioning that straight to uh the fire department you know what i mean uh foam rolling stretching 
coming home, getting in the ice baths in the, in the tower, uh, maintaining that right now on probation. I, I try to work out every day. You know what I mean? Uh, even though like we're we're pro we're probies, but at the same time, it's like I, I still want to maintain that habit. You know what I mean? I, I I enjoy working out. I enjoy getting stronger and and feeling strong. You know what I mean? That's something. That's something I want to maintain throughout my career. Um, you know, I, I see sometimes you know not everybody has that same mindset, but I mean, you know, I, I enjoy it, and I, I'm I'm gonna keep it up. But um, you know, also the league just just taught me a lot of like. I feel like for me personally, the one of the reasons I was able to play for four years in the leagues was because I was able to learn more than one position. I was able to learn. I played middle linebacker, but I could play the outside linebacker. I could play the Mike Sam and the Will, and I played special teams. So you know, it's similar to fire department. Like I'm a firefighter, but once I'm off probation, I could act as an engineer. I could be driving for four hours, or I could be I could be acting as a lieutenant. So I need to be able to know what my lieutenant's roles and responsibilities are. I need to know the engineer's job. The only thing I can't do on the rig is be a medic, pretty much. I don't have that sort of And nobody wants that. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 nah, exactly. I'm, I'm good on that. You can have that. You can have that. But you know what I mean? So yeah. me learning and understanding that, like, that's important. I, I want to I wanna elevate in this in this profession. So I got to know, you know, all, the, all my policies and procedures of all those other positions you know, if that's the route I want to go. So, you know, I, I, I take it. I, I like it. Man. I've embraced the challenge, you know. Do you feel like uh, your uh, your probation is going a little different than some of your classmates? Do you keep in contact with everybody? I mean, like. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, we, we, we talk. We talk. We definitely talk. Um, I, I don't know. I can't I can't really say, you know. Um, I, I just know that, you know, I just come in every day with, you know, drills. I'm ready. I'm ready to do. I'm ready. To, I want to do this. Can you guys show me this? I want to work on this today. You know, I come in with a good attitude, try to hustle, try to, you know. So I feel like I feel like a lot of a lot of the time with uh, like comfort. So like a a big part of confidence in the fire service, I feel like is having the physical capabilities because you don't you're not going to worry whether or not you can throw a ladder, you can pull a hose or you can do any skill that they're going to ask you to do. So for you, all you get to focus on is the skill where I'm sure you had some classmates that are going to struggle throwing ladders and pulling hose and catching hydrants and pulling the fan out of the back of the rig or whatever you're doing. Right. Like that's being, having an athletic background and a physical capability skill set eliminates that part. And that causes some anxiety, right? Like, I don't know if I'm going to physically be able to do this, that's gone Mm -hmm. for you. So you, you get to focus on the actual skill and not worry Mm -hmm. about whether or not physically it's going to be a problem, you know? So that's, that's where I wonder, like, is there a huge discrepancy with like probations? Because, part of probation for some of your less physical classmates might be like their captains are like, well, we're going to have to, we're gonna have to figure out how to get this person stronger. You know what I mean? We're gonna have to figure out how to build this person's work capacity because mm. they're, they're fizzing out on a simple evolution. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, I feel like, uh, having an athletic background, I mean, like makes life easy, but especially yeah. this job, you get to focus on the intricacies of the skill and not worry about, the physical aspect of it because you're going to be able to do it. You know, that's, yeah, that's the big thing. A big takeaway, I think with athletics. Yeah. That, and, um, what I feel like helped me a lot was like, I was, I played middle linebacker. I was a captain of our defense in college. I played middle linebacker in the NFL. So I know how to communicate. Like I know how the coach giving me plays. I need to let everybody know the play. I'm, I'm comfortable talking in front of people. Yeah. I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable talking to people. Some, some people have just never had that, been in an environment where they need to convey a point 
to seven other people and get them to understand that you understand what's going on. And, and we you know talked I mean? about this earlier, and it's like, uh, and f- I think football is such a great sport transition-wise into the fire service because you played in a, a chaotic environment Chaos. all yeah. the time, and you're having to, commu- like you said, communicate. Like I, I was a left tackle, so I had to get to the line, identify the safety, see where the backers were, knew what the down and distance was, know kind of what the blitz percentage was on third and long yeah. for the team I was playing, yeah. communicate with five other offensive linemen and then talk to the quarterback. You know what I mean? You've got four seconds to do that. So you learn how mm-hmm. to communicate with people and in, and in such a crazy environment. And that's a huge communication is a huge thing. And all we do on scenes, there's never a scene that's not chaos, right? There's never a scene sure. that's not, yeah. that's not adverse. Right. And I think football yeah. specifically, cause like who is, uh, I mean, the NFL is a different ball game, but like, who was Nevada's biggest rival besides UNLV? Oh, you said middle linebacker? No, who was, no, who our, was Nevada's our biggest rival? I Nevada's. mean, UNLV was really our own, but UNLV, Boise State, Boise State. So going which to was a, a a hectic saying going stadium. to Boise, right? Because I'm sure going yeah, to UNLV exactly. wasn't that was crazy, but going to it was tough, right? Like it's hard to it's yeah. hard to hear yourself think with the yeah. crowd, like I'm. When the offense is rolling for you all on defense, like I'm sure it's hard to hear yourself think. Like it was on third and long and playing at Texas or OU or Texas A&M, like I couldn't hear the quarterback, you know. I had like Brad, Brad, can you say that again? I I have no idea what you're saying, right? That 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 idea. I've been I've had this idea for a while of trying to make uh, some sort of commercial or or advertise or uh, sorry recruitment video of drawing the correlation especially a captain on a roof oh that's trying to literally the the chaos that's going on he's trying to listen watching giving hand signals making sure nobody falls in any type of hole <laughs> while you're look got you got two ic's trying to communicate what's going on are we changing our position are we in the right location and yeah. it, it just it the correlation is 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 pretty amazing but um James, thank you uh, for doing this. Uh, I appreciate your time, man. We we really grateful for you for Absolutely, you coming man. on thank with you. us. Um, is there anything? Uh, lastly, we have got a couple of minutes. Is there anything you would like to share? A message you would like to share or uh, add to uh, anyone that is possibly watching this, considering you know coming into the fire service from athletics, whether it be college or professional. Um, man, I say just just do it. A lot of times, I feel like like me myself, like growing up. Uh, I didn't really know any firefighters. So I didn't know exactly what they did or what their job entailed. Um, I didn't have, I didn't know, you know? Um, so once I got older and I saw it, I'm like, oh man, this is like, just like sports. This basically is a sport. It's a sport where a team, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? So I didn't know that until I was like in my late twenties, but I mean, I wish I would have knew that earlier. You know, I wish some, uh, but it's funny because I think about it now, and a lot of my old coaches who I had in high school and AAU were firefighters or police officers. I just didn't know what they did. So I got new. As a kid, you don't really know what your coaches do. As a job, you don't really even really care. But, you know, I was surrounded by firefighters then. Some of my friends' parents were firefighters. I just, you know, you never think about it. But now I'm older, I'm like, oh, man, that makes total sense. That's why that guy was always at practice. That's what he had. He had an off day. He was, you know, I mean, he did shift trades. He was able to come to practice in the games all the time. So, you know what I mean? So it, it all kind of comes full circle. But I'll tell it, you know, the young the athletes that are getting out of college just to, you know, try stuff. I got done. I tried. I was a substitute teacher for, like, 
two months in Kansas and realize that this, that's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't be scared. Especially to, in Kansas, man. It was like downtown Kansas City. So I did that for like two months, but you got to just don't be scared to try stuff. You know what I mean? Because just because you not, this is football is, is over for you. Or basketball is over for you. Those skill sets that you learned at basketball, football, and baseball practice directly correlates to some field. Some, somewhere, somebody is dying to have somebody with those skill sets walk in the door. You know what I'm saying? You just got to figure out what avenue you're going to go. You're going to be a fighter pilot. You want to be a police officer. You want to be a school teacher. You know what I mean? Everything, if you just the same values that you value to get good at that sport, just transition that straight to that other field and you'll be fine. Awesome. Well, cool. Thank you, man. Uh, we appreciate it and we'll uh, oh. see you next time. All good, man. Thanks, brother. All right. Okay. And uh, that kind of concludes our, our episode on uh, recruitment, uh, specifically diving in. Thanks again to James, uh, speaking about college athletics and professional sports. Uh, now we have our clip of the week. I blame no one. I look in the mirror. On the other side of it, what an opportunity we have, because tomorrow's the first day of the rest of our lives. So what an opportunity we have to practice I'm going to go first this time because last time you complete me, like blew me out of the water. So, um, cause it, it's a simple thought for me. Um, I had an experience in my first fire Academy, um, before I had lateraled over. Um, we had an individual that was in that Academy that had made a mistake. Um, simple minor mistake. We all lined up uniform hood was in, the wrong boot. We all put it in our right boot. This person put it in their left boot and got the demerits flipped out. Had never been on a team before. Had never been criticized. We're, we're three weeks in when they're doing the breaking down process. This person comes in at lunch, the door shuts, the cadre leaves and they turn around and go, I cannot believe all of you didn't fix that for me. I'm not helping with anything else. I'm not I'm not doing duties in the morning. I'm not checking EMS bags. I'm not doing ice. I'm not changing radio batteries. If you guys don't want to look out for me, I'm not looking out for you. And it was like this, wow. So now there was, instead of there being 26 of us, it was 25 and one. And it, that sense of ownership, instead of going, hey, tomorrow's a new day, and even if that was the initial reaction, that next morning, we met up at 4.30 every morning. Hey, you guys, that, that was a little bit of an emotional reaction. I know we have to get through this together. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. And the, the collegiate sport, high school sport, and, and more so, I think, team sports of, uh, and, and it probably is in wrestling and tennis as well, that that sense of ownership is forced on you in those individual sports. But in the team sports, if, if you don't go that that was on me and you don't own it and start fresh the next day, you'll end up like the quarterback from the jets. Yeah. That said, I don't got nothing to say to the defense. I'm good. And you're like, I don't care if you feel that way. You don't say that. Well, humility, uh, and vulnerability 
build trust. Like that's the fastest route to building trust with somebody is to be humble and to like acknowledge when you've made a mistake and to be vulnerable and present like ideas and thoughts. Like that's the fastest route to trust. So like if you want to gain trust doing that, because you, you have to have people's trust when you're in a team. Yeah. You can't have 25 and one, yeah. like you were saying. Like that yeah. doesn't, what ends up happening is that person's going to be, they're just going to hang themselves with their own rope. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that, that you can't, uh, you can't say that and stick with it. I mean, like he had an emotional, he had an emotional outbreak, right? Like yeah. whatever. And so, and on that, just so you, uh, those of you that don't pay attention to football, um, the, the quarterback for the jets had had an, an atrocious game. I think they had had negative yards in the second half. And he said, what do you say? The reporter had asked, what do you say to the defense? Um, you know, if they hold the team to 12 points in the office and isn't able to produce yardage. And he said, nothing. And he just like was like not not my problem, and I mean instantly was benched the next week, and then he came, they tried to bring him back, and you could tell like it's it's one thing if the head coach quits on you, yeah. If it, but if everyone if if the cadre and your class is done with you, oh, you're done. It's it's going to be a long. And then on the floor, if you make a mistake on the floor, and and you don't own it, and you think it's everyone else's fault, and you'll just bid somewhere else, and that's gonna. It, it's who you are. Oh yeah, and we're good about telling people others about your actions. We're pretty good about telling you too. Like if you yeah. mess up, it's like, hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's what I think about it. Yeah. Uh, pretty much the same thing, man. It's like uh, <clears throat> uh, having the ability to practice and make tomorrow better, like Denzel was saying, is uh is really kind of about having grit, right? Like how do you resp- how are you going to respond to adversity? Like if something challenges you, are you going to just blame everybody else and quit like your 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 cadre mate did? Or are you going to be like, "Hey, I own this and I'm going to I'm going to work at this and make tomorrow better. I'm going to become good at this." Like cuz nobody popped out of their mama knowing how to do anything, right? This fire thing was new to everybody. Like even James talked about like not having mechanical aptitude, right? Like there's a lot of people that that was me. D- didn't like, and you know, like I grew up, like my dad, like, and it's funny cause uh, a little off topic, but I was changing the starter in my truck and my son walks outside and he sees me. And uh, a little bit later, my wife comes and gets me and goes, come inside, look at your boy. And he's in his diaper. He's got his little red car up on blocks and he's got his hammer and his drill pretending to work on his, on yeah. his truck. Right. Like, yeah. So like he's and he's interested. Like I let him put my front plate skid, my front skid plate back on my truck. I mean, like he's yeah. out there with little power tools, having a fun time. So like, and, and it's something you got to think about. Like you introduced no, you introduced it to him. Yeah, I, I I literally I'm not kidding you. I had I think I went through about five or six lawn mowers and five weed eaters growing up because I was like guessing mixing oils and small. <laughs> I'm like I think this is how this works, and it and it just yeah. and and I just was never exposed to it. But but. You learn, right? Like uh, we had, a, I had a ca- we have a captain on our job who was saying that he had a, a a probationary guy with very little mechanical aptitude, and then like he's like, but then you have to look at like he never had exposure to it, right? So it's a skill, like, and it w- you don't need to be able to rebuild a transmission on this job, right? Like that's uh, that's pretty advanced, but then like to have a basic skill set of can I fix this tool that I'm supposed to use all the time? That's just practice. You're gonna have to like do some work and yeah. make yourself good and be able capable to like put a chain back on that chainsaw or pro- troubleshoot the engine. If you're an engineer, right? Like there's all kinds of stuff that you got to figure out, uh, but, but you can practice and make yourself good at it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's, 
having a growth mindset opposed to a fixed mindset. If you're, if you believe that you are in control and that you can make change and then you are going to grow and develop, uh, opposed to like, well, I'm just born with the skills I have, right. Yeah. You're never going to progress yeah. to much. So, and, and I think that's part of that. Uh, and we'll wrap it up here uh, is being okay with understanding that failure is part of the growth process. hundred percent. And you can't be softening a structure trying to start a saw and it doesn't start and go, I just, I'm just not good at small motors or get completely collapse on yourself. And just you, you own it the next day you wake up and you go, I'll, I'll be damned if that happens to me ever again. I mean, iron Mike Tyson got knocked out, right? The most unstoppable force in my opinion in boxing got knocked out, right? Got KO'd. So then you're like, if that can happen to him, like all of us can have a bad day. It's just how do we respond to that bad day? Yep. So. So. All right. Cool. That wraps up episode two, you guys. We'll see you next episode. All right. Bye.